Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Velas. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we'll face on our journeys to glorify God. One of the mentors that we've had the privilege of hearing from in past episodes is back to join us for a conversation on walking alongside others in pain and illness. Today's guest, Gloria Furman, has walked alongside her husband, Dave, who has a nerve disability that affects both of his arms while mothering their four kids and working cross-culturally amidst other things. Whether you're personally enduring pain or illness or supporting and caring for someone else who is, I know that you will leave this conversation with Gloria feeling refreshed, challenged, and encouraged. Gloria Furman, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Third time guest. You can tell (laughs) I am a big fan of yours. It's been a while since we chatted last. Would you like to catch us up on what you do and maybe tell the listeners a little bit about who you are in case they haven't interfaced with our previous episodes? Sure. I'm married to Dave. He is a pastor here in Dubai. We have four amazing kids who just keep growing. This past summer, I had the great privilege of having my oldest child surpass me in height. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that was wild. So my baby's taller than me, which is great. I get to write in my free time, limited free time. <laughs> Very limited. Are you working on something right now or can you tell us? Sure. Coming soon in 2021 is a kid's book. What? Uh, Yeah, A Tale of Two Kings. Wow. I'm so excited. Is it a picture book or is it a longer book for kids? pictures and it's not long. Okay. We will be very excited to pick that up. That's awesome. I just love your family. You guys have been such a blessing to me, even at a distance through your writing, particularly your writing on motherhood. And most recently, a book that I picked up by your husband, Dave, it's called Being There, How to Love Those Who Are Hurting. And we're doing a series right now, really on ministry. It's called Walking Alongside One Another In. And I know as we are seeking to walk alongside both believers and non-believers, a lot of times uh, we have opportunities to do that with people who are suffering from pain or various illnesses. So I thought you'd be a great person to have on the show because you have some experience with that. What does it look like for you to walk alongside others in pain and illness, Gloria? Good question. Well, one very big specific way 
is walking alongside my husband, Dave. He has a nerve disability that affects both of his arms. And he has gone through ups and downs with this disability for the past, going on 14 years now. Wow. So yeah, when we got married almost 19 years ago, how is this happening? I'm like, wait a second, 19 years. Gloria, you're getting some time under your belt. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah, when we got married, he was strong and healthy. There weren't any inklings of, oh, Dave's health is declining or, oh, you know, he may have nerve problems later. Mm-hmm. So then a few years into marriage, and I was pregnant with our firstborn, and he began to struggle with nerve pain, mm-hmm. starting in his fingertips, and then it would radiate through his whole hand, and then up to the elbow, and then to the other arm. And so um, with the nerve pain would come weakness and dexterity. So all of the things that we do with our elbows and hands and fingers, Dave started to struggle with. So all the, you know, gross motor functions like driving a car to the fine motor function of buckling a seatbelt or turning a key, just to use a few examples, um, he began to really struggle with. So lots of doctors, lots of medications and therapy and all the various means that were available um, at the time. We explored that, prayed, And now 14 years later, it seems that this is something that Dave's going to continue to struggle with unless God intervenes. So we're praying for that. We're praying that God would give him back strength and that God would remove pain. So that twofold prayer I've been praying and that in the meantime and until God would see fit to heal him, that he would give us the grace we need to continue to walk through this trial. So. Mm -hmm. A daily life uh, looks like thinking ahead, a lot of thinking ahead and planning for what Dave's practical needs will be. The under the practical needs umbrella is is just about everything um, that you can imagine because unless you you know struggle with with something similar to him, it's hard to imagine all the things we do with our hands and arms. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like twisting on a faucet, right? Or turning a doorknob. Like those things are all... Doorknobs, jars, the refrigerator, cutting your chicken, finding your phone if it's too deep in your pocket. All of the things that we that we do with our, with our hands. Mm-hmm. And you're also a mom to four. You guys live overseas, as we've already talked about. I can only imagine how challenging that is because I have three kids and I rely on Brooks a lot for help in some of the areas that you mentioned, particularly opening jars. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it that sustains you as you walk alongside Dave in his pain, especially when things get really hard and when you are feeling pretty maxed out? Yeah. The short and sweet answer is Christ himself, the person of Christ in me, and me and him, there's no other succinct way to put it. Mm-hmm. Practically, uh, remembering Christ's strength, his ability to help me, his willingness and readiness to help me, his perfect plan, as he has laid out all of these good works for me to walk in, uh, <laughs> remembering all of these 
big truths about who Jesus is and Mm -hmm. what he's already done uh, for me and what he is doing in me and what he promised he will do. Christ himself (laughs) is my short answer. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've learned from you throughout our years of friendship and, and through reading your works is just the concept of union with Christ. And I know your relationship uh, with the Lord is really what sustains you in and through this. I'm also really amazed, Gloria, by, and, and I know this is just God's grace and you'll give him all the credit, but the knowledge that he's given you of his word. And I know that that doesn't come without the discipline of getting into his word. That's a real priority of yours. And yet, as a mom, I can only imagine how challenging it is to actually get time to nurture your relationship with God and to spend time in his word with all of the various practical responsibilities that you have as you're caring for your family, how do you abide in Christ and practically carve out that time and allow your ministry to Dave and to others to be done out of the joy of being connected to God through Christ in the midst of like all of the practical demands that come at you on a daily basis? It becomes really key to hide God's word in your heart and uh, continually refresh it and keep remembering what God has said because, and I think maybe everybody struggles with this at some point, you do a lot of talking to yourself and give yourself a lot of pep talks. You remind yourself of things to do. If I don't write down the grocery list and I'm continually rehearsing in my mind all day, maple syrup, cream cheese, bug spray, maple syrup, cream cheese, bug spray. (laughs) If I don't write it down, then that's what I'm hiding, you know, in my heart over and over and over again. How's your day? Right. Maple syrup, cream cheese, and bug spray. <laughs> hiding God's word in your heart would be, I think there's nothing like it. And you do this and you know it's worth mm-hmm. it because you remember just how much you need him. Like what Simon Peter said, but Jesus says, oh, are you all going to leave too to his disciples? And Peter says, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? <laughs> You have the words of life, telling, reminding myself, there is nowhere else for you to go, Gloria. Jesus has the words of life, and there's nowhere else for you to go. So that's really motivating, <laughs> remembering and even anything else that I want to stuff in my heart to keep me going isn't ultimately going to provide the strength and joy and hope that I need. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. How 
how do you do that practically? Scripture memory is one of those things that I'm really passionate about. And I think a lot of times women get discouraged when, particularly as we're aging and we do have a lot of things that are going through our mind, sometimes scripture memory takes a lot longer than it used to take us. But, you know, I'd love to hear you kind of expound upon what that's been like for you and how you've seen yourself, I guess, mature in your understanding of what it means to memorize scripture. Hunter, as you said the word mature, I just had one of those, oh, it's not 19. I met Dave 19 years ago. <laughs> We've been married almost 18 years. I have- <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I rely on him for all the numbers. I should just rely <laughs> on him for the numbers. <laughs> yes, I fell in love with him 19 years ago. Uh, meditating on scripture. I think bringing it around in your mind, talking it out with others, keeping the conversation going in fellowship with one another. It can look like, I read this this morning. Here, can I read it to you? Hmm. You read it to somebody. Have you read that before? Uh, What did you, how did it hit you when you heard that? And meditating on it in the context of community, you get to see all the radiant aspects of God's word as it lands on us as a people of God. Mm -hmm. This helps ingrain things in your heart. I still have a verse memorized in my heart from 2000. Now that date is correct. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be over 20 years ago now. My friend Jeannie and I uh, memorized together Psalm 9419. And it says, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. I remember, I can even hear Jeannie's voice as we would mm. talk it out loud to each other. Whenever I hear this, this verse in my heart, I can hear Jeannie's voice and I pray for her. God, would you cheer her soul today? Just to have the, the context of community as we consider God's word together, I think would be definitely something I've grown in. Uh, over time and something practical I think people can put into application. Are there people in your life that you're regularly mulling over God's Word with? There's really nothing like hearing the people of God recite the words of God and share how His words are changing the way that they think and live. If you're like me, the impact of COVID has challenged you to get creative in the way that you go about meeting with other believers to discuss God's Word. We want to encourage you to keep seeking out opportunities to regularly do life centered around the Word of God with men and women in your local church. As we read, discuss, meditate, memorize, and pray God's Word together, we come to know more of God Himself. What might it look like for you to consider the word in the context of community so that you might know more of God and Jesus Christ whom he sent even today? I think there's also that fine line that you walk where, you know, you feel the tension of wanting to speak the truth in love and gently point that person to truth while also just acknowledging their pain. So how do you speak the truth in love and point Dave to truth when he's really struggling with maybe some like discouragement. Yeah, we do this for each other. <laughs> it's a back and forth. It uh, requires lots of thoughtful prayer, patience, and waiting, and grace. 
we can point the truth out to each other in love and then you could do your part, you know, just great. And then the other person could be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And vice versa. The other, you know, you could do your part and just, you know, kind of like not do very well and or graciously helping them see the truth. And they could respond just perfectly graciously. And you're like, oh, man, I could have done that better. <laughs> it takes both of us <laughs> to cling to the truth together. Mm-hmm. What's the importance of your own kind of I'm using the phrase like abiding in the way that you minister to Dave. Like, do you notice this correlation between when you are not yourself looking to the hope that you have in Jesus and the way that you distribute grace to Dave in his time of need? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even count the number of times when this has been the case. It definitely stands true. If, if I'm not doing very well abiding in, in God and in, in his word and relying on Christ for my strength, then mm-hmm. I'm not doing a very good job serving. And, you know, the, the family can feel that when in any context, when, when we're serving, those whom we serve can feel that. And that's where we get to say sorry <laughs> and repent and say, let's keep following, let's keep going, let's keep trusting God whose way is perfect, and uh, thank you for forgiving me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, amen and amen. You know, you have experienced a lot of loss. I mean, you know, expectations are probably unmet. How do you allow yourself to weep honestly about the loss that you're experiencing as you guys navigate this life that looks very different than you anticipated while planting your feet firmly on the hope that you have in Jesus. Yeah. Grieving the loss of my expectations is an ongoing thing hmm. because you don't realize you have expectations until yes. that's <laughs> the worst thing about expectations. They surprise you. They're so sneaky. And if somebody had said, you know, would you expect this or this? Then I might humbly say, oh, who knows what the Lord has in store. And then if it's if it's more difficult than I expected, then it comes around full swing. Oh, I did not expect that kind of difficulty or challenge. Mm-hmm. Remembering God's perfect character, again, going back to his word, we learn in God's word that this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. Job, Job says, um, chapter 42, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And he speaks back to God all of these incredible things about who God is and his perfect character, his perfect plans. Remembering God's promises and things he says about himself, that he will never leave you or forsake you. Psalm 22, he hasn't despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard when he cried to him. Remembering all of those truths about God helps when I have those reality check expectations. And I can grieve the loss of those imaginary things that I thought the way my life would go. And in the same hand, hang on tight to God's perfect character and his love. He has not designed my life in such a way to destroy me. He 
not designed Dave's life in such a way as to destroy him, nor our children, but he has prepared beforehand good works for us to walk in. And if this is the way he wants us to walk in it, then he surely is going to give us the grace and faith we need to get to the end. So <laughs> I say that I have to I tell myself this from God's word regularly to remember the, you just got to go cosmic on it, Hunter. <laughs> oh, you know, I was trying to figure out a way for you to say that. <laughs> There you, go. you know, that's one of my favorite things that you've ever told me. Can you expound upon that a little bit? Because Go genuinely, Go Cosmic yeah. is one of the phrases that I think about almost every day. And I attribute that to you. So can you tell the listeners what you mean by going cosmic when yeah. you're facing some minute difficulty or something really great in your life? Oh, yes. the Go Cosmic. If you're like me, then you'll see a circumstance in your life. And you'll say, wow, this is the circumstance that's in my life. You'll rehearse it. You'll go over and over and over it. You'll go look at all the tiny details of it. You might replay how you could do that differently or how you wish it was um, versus the way it is. And that's all well and good. When you need to get things done, you have to pay attention to detail. I'm advocating attention to detail. <laughs> but then you got to go back, back, back and go cosmic on it in cosmic detail and see the big picture of who is God. Mm -hmm. God is the creator. He has made all things for his own glory included in this creation is me. <laughs> Thousands of years later, here I come and he's made me this way in this context with these people in this time to interact with all of these other image bearers. And he wants all of the details of my life to be for his glory too. And then your jaw is on the ground and you say, wow, this God whose way is perfect, who created me, who's amazing, wants me to use my little life to give him glory. And you pick your jaw back up the ground and you say, okay, give me the strength I need to do that. There's one cosmic truth. God's created me. He created me for his glory. All those details. And then you could remember also the cross. You could remember the cross of Jesus Christ in which he willingly went to pay the penalty for my sin, the just penalty. I deserve death. He's exchanged his life for mine. That alone <laughs> is cause for infinite praise, infinite worship for all eternity. So not only have I been created by God, I've been redeemed by God as well. So God, I want you to redeem all of these circumstances for the praise of your glorious grace. God, show the cross. Show the world how the cross is your solution for the forgiveness of sins, for the hope of mankind, for the practical help I need right now. You pull back the veil, I suppose, of eternity, and mm. you just go cosmic on that small situation in life, all of the grand things that God has done. And that's just two, your creation and your redemption. The Bible teaches us so many things about what God has done. I imagine that as you're serving anybody, that you would face like this lie that you're doing everything, that, you know, because of his disability, you know, he has very little to contribute. How would you go cosmic on that lie and battle that with the truth? Ah, that's such a big fat lie. Yeah. Besides numbers. I mean, you obviously need his help. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is so true. Calendar too. I need his help with calendar. <laughs> on Tuesday morning, I just yeah. Uh, you can go back to Paul. Paul has a weakness. We are not sure exactly what it is. Doesn't really matter. But what does matter is where he gets his perspective. He gets his perspective on his weakness from Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. As he prays and asks Jesus, take this away. He prays three times. The Lord answers him. He says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. So full stop. Paul's response to that, I have this weakness, take it away. Perhaps he's thinking I could be that much more effective in ministry. I could, you know, open jars for, for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could, you know, whatever it is, he sees some advantage to having his weakness taken away. But Jesus sees the advantage of his glory through weakness. And so now Paul has this new perspective. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So for the sake of Christ, then he's content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. So he says when he's weak, then he is strong. So remembering that in and of itself is helpful for me if I am battling the lie about productivity or what else could could Dave do to serve the Lord if he was strong, mm. physically strong? I remember, well, Christ's strength apparently is what we need. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has appointed this, and we have prayed many times, more than three. <laughs> uh, Lord, take it away. And he hasn't. So he must, Jesus must, in his wisdom, see fit for this to be the way that Dave gives him glory, at least for today, while he is suffering with this pain. What is it that keeps you praying as you have over the years? And the answer seems to be no or not yet. Like, what is it that keeps you humbly asking the Lord for this thing that you probably so desperately want and yet haven't received the response you may have been hoping for? The encouragement comes from different places uh, over time. Some friends of mine have reached out at different times over the years and said, really praying that God would give Dave relief from the pain, um, huh. restore strength. Um, so that encourages me. Ah, oh, yes, the Lord is prompting people to pray. So that encourages me to continue praying. Watching Dave in pain encourages me to pray when I see how difficult things are for him. Uh-huh. And I pray, God, help, please, my kids their example. Hmm. One of my kiddos has written down a prayer on a piece of paper with, you know, all the wrong spelling, but bless him. He, it just says, dear God, please heal my daddy, please. Wow. So just the, the prayers of my own kids as they talk to the Lord about this, um, and God's word, which exhorts us to pray without ceasing. Um, and just being honest with God in my prayers, what, you know, search me and know my heart, God. And the thing mm-hmm. that's coming out of my heart is like, Lord, please give Dave strength in his arms, take the pain away and give him the grace he needs to persevere if this isn't healed. Mm-hmm. I love even the simplicity of coming alongside each other 
in prayer and what encouragement that's been to you guys um, to keep hoping in God as you're continuing to navigate this. What is our responsibility as church members to walk alongside members of our body who are struggling with pain or illness or maybe even coming alongside and supporting someone who's like a primary caregiver like yourself? Um, the body, as you said, has many members of which we are all a part. So I'd say use your gifts. God's equipped you according to his varied grace, varied, multicolored, multifaceted, diverse grace. He gives gifts for people to speak so we can speak the oracles of God. He gives people various grace to serve, to serve with the strength that he provides and all of mm-hmm. the things that we do through the strength that God supplies is for the glory of Christ. So you can look at a practical need with your spirit-driven imagination and dream up and pray up ways that God can use you to meet those needs and glory to Jesus. And the world will see this body, this pan-ethnic, beautiful body serving and building one another up in love. And it's, of course, cosmic (laughs) as we grow up into our head. Have you thought about how you might be able to use the gifts God's given you to serve others? Let's take Gloria's advice and use our spirit-driven imaginations for a minute to brainstorm some ideas. Think about the things that you enjoy doing. How about baking, writing, going on walks, hosting, crunching numbers, making music, engaging in meaningful conversations? Okay, now consider the pockets of time that you have to share, like a long commute, your kiddo's nap time, your daily run, early mornings, or the time that you spend in the pickup line at school. Finally, consider the gifts God's given you. Are you able to teach? Do you just kill it at admin? Are you wired to help others? These lists are by no means exhaustive, but let them serve as a springboard for prayerfully considering how you can walk alongside members of your own local body even today. Well, it's so obvious to me, even in and through this conversation, that the Lord has really used Dave in his pain to offer you more of himself. But I'd love to hear from you. How have you seen God use it, this circumstance, to draw you nearer to himself? I think it reveals my own weaknesses Mm -hmm. as I consider my inability to do things. Yeah, my weaknesses. I think it reveals to me my weaknesses. And in, in those instances, then I get to, you know, Lord, take it away. <laughs> and then I see him answer me. You're, my grace is sufficient for you. Do you want my strength or do you want your own strength, Gloria? Because mm-hmm. Yours is going to be super limited. Soon as your coffee runs out, you're going to be crying. And so <laughs> it reveals to me my own weaknesses. It reveals to me my own sin. Mm-hmm. The proverb, oh, I thought I was so patient. And then I got in my car and got in the traffic. And then I realized, oh, you know, I think I can serve with gladness until all of a sudden I'm serving and growling. <laughs> so, There's no singing going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so it reveals to me my own sin, which of course drives me, who to, Lord, to whom else can we go? You have the life. I have to go back to Jesus. Please, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Forgive me. Give me the grace I need to walk in these works that you've prepared for, for, for me, for me. Yeah. So it's, it's led me into repentance. Jesus is, is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's his promise. So as I reflect on expectations that aren't met or just sadness, mm-hmm. just grieving the pain, the Lord has been near uh, as I acknowledge that this is hard. And mm-hmm. it really crushes my spirit, <laughs> which is what I want. I want the Lord to be near to me. I don't, I don't want to have a fake, happy, clappy, oh, everything is fine. We'll just manage. We'll get through, you know, that kind of perspective on life. I want to acknowledge what is really painful and then also get to enjoy the real nearness of God. Well, thank you for helping us do that more today. What's like a practical step for maybe somebody who either isn't practicing this and desires to, or who is practicing this and who's really struggling with it right now? Yeah. Tell the Lord Mm -hmm. an honest prayer. As you pour out your heart to him, he already knows uh, what's in there. (laughs) He already knows. And you, you, you're in his presence and you're praying through his spirit, mm-hmm. and you have your Bible open, and you tell him, Lord, this is how I'm feeling about this, and here's how I'm feeling about that. God, would you, with your word, search me and know me and show me who you are and show me who I am in light of who you are, and then let the Lord lead you in that way. That's one practical thing is just to start being more honest with the Lord in your prayers. Um, another practical thing, if you'd like to get started in serving others, pray through that first Peter chapter four passage about serving. Consider how is it that God has gifted me? Do you have resources you can share? Do you have perspective you can offer? Do you have, you know, from two o'clock to five o'clock on Thursday afternoons open? Do you something, you know, um, what is it that the Lord brings to mind that he's given you that you can share and then ask him, give me opportunities to serve people for the glory of Jesus. And the Lord would love to answer that prayer. So those are two things. I love it. The simplicity of like looking to the Lord in prayer and yet how challenging that is for me throughout the day. So I really appreciate um, your exhortation to that end. We've had you on the show before, and I've asked you about your three simple joys. It's one of the questions I ask every guest who comes on Journey Women. And today, because we're talking about ministry, I would love to hear from you, Gloria. What are three of your simple joys specifically in ministry? Mm, A simple joy, being a part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. Being a part of something bigger. I tend to get overwhelmed with all the little circumstances in my life. So remembering those big picture things really served me. It's such a joy to be a part of something bigger. Cosmic. Something cosmic. (laughs) (laughs) That will have ripple effects in eternity. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, the idea, there's, there's a big tree out my 
out the window. It's massive. I think it's like three stories high. Somebody, somehow, some person or the Lord put a seed in the ground. And look at that tree. You know, it just says these small, small things of a little seed planted that over time, look what God can do. Yeah. That's one of my simple joys of ministry, being part of something that's bigger than me. I also really enjoy having prayer support and praying for others around the world. I just love whenever I hear from someone who says, I'm praying this and the Lord led me to pray this. And, you know, how's this going? And I can actually connect it to something happening in real time. Like, whoa, whoa. Okay. It's this time over here and it's that time over there. And the Lord, of course, he never sleeps. And so (laughs) he's lifting your heart in prayer and this is what's going on. And Mm -hmm. the same vice versa for me, if I reach out to somebody somewhere and say, hey, I'm praying for you in this relationship. They're like, no way. But, you know, this is what's going on here. It's just seeing prayer and how God orchestrates prayer through people all over the world. I love, love that. Super simple, fun joy. And the third one, just the simple, exciting joy of being an ambassador for Christ. That is such an esteemed role and privilege to be trusted with his message, his gospel, his message of reconciliation. It's just so humbling. And you think, wow, why me? (laughs) And of course the answer is not, you know, oh, because you, this, this, and this. It's because him. (laughs) It's just such a a super simple joy. If I'm doing with, oh, uh, all I do is this, or this is all I'm doing right now. Like, no, actually you, you're an ambassador (laughs) for Jesus. That just... Remembering that simple joy brings a smile back to my face. Talking with you about that was such a perspective shift for me. So thank you. I had heard that, read that in scripture from Paul many times, but the way you describe it in one of our past episodes, I can't remember which one it was, was such a help to me. So I really encourage people to go back and listen to those episodes. And then also, you know, this is not like an empty plug I have learned so much from your writing. The idea of going cosmic, that comes, I believe, from your book, Alive in Him. And then also, you know, your book, Missional Motherhood. The first half, if you're not a mom, it's really applicable to any of us. And it is just an overarching kind of on the meta narrative, the big story of the Bible. And so that's been one of the ways that you've taught me through your writing to go cosmic Um, and to nestle myself into God's story of redemption. So I really would encourage people, if they have appreciated hearing from you today, to go check out uh, some of the other ways that they can access you, specifically through your writing. You've had a really great impact on the way that I journey alongside others. And I'd love to hear from you. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on the way that you walk alongside other people in ministry? Well, thank you for that encouragement. Super encouraging to hear that. One person who stands out is my mom. Hmm. She is patient. <laughs> patient. She's patient. She enjoys volunteering. She's full of hope. I remember growing up, my mom always looking to meet practical needs of the people around her. And now she's still looking for 
ways to help meet my practical needs. I'm really grateful for my mom and her example. I love it. Well, friends, you've been like a spiritual mother to me. Thank you so much for joining me on Journey Women today and for allowing the listeners to get to learn from you in this capacity. It's just been a joy. We pray this conversation with Gloria lifts your eyes to Jesus as you navigate pain and illness on a personal level or as you walk alongside someone else who is. Next week, we're wrapping up this series, Walking Alongside One Another In, with a conversation on persevering in ministry. We get to hear from another favorite Journeywoman guest, Susan Hunt. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss it. If you want to catch us throughout the week, you can find us on socials at Journeywomen Podcast. Today's episode was mixed and produced by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On, Sound Off. We are so grateful for them and for you. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.